Good morning. Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. Hi. Autumn. That's me. And Jackson. Hello. I've reassembled the council. <laughs> we broke the fellowship last time, but we're back. I was sleepy. <laughs> so true. Was it after last episode that they revealed the name of the Amazon TV show? Yes, it has been yeah. since then. Oh, I, so we're I missed in breaking this. news territory now. I missed this. Uh, yeah. It's called um, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Okay. Sure. That's it. They poured some metal in, on some wood and took a picture of it. So it's Loader Trump. <laughs> that makes it sound more and more like the... M speculation that it's going to be about, you know, Sauron forging the rings. Well, and... so, okay, so here's the thing. As part of this announcement was a clarification that I was not aware. It, it probably was in the ether. I've not looked up this much. Is Specifically, they have the rights to any material that is specifically in Lord of the Rings. They don't have the rights to material that is in the non-Lord of the Rings that's in the Silmarillion. They don't have any rights to any material that's in extraneous stuff. It has to be in Lord of the Rings or the appendices of Lord of the Rings. I thought so, which, that all got sorted what? out before they made which this. Which is I the fucking whole... narrow. Because I knew that <laughs> was true of The Hobbit. I knew the Does whole thing mean... with The Hobbit was that they had to pull from the appendices specifically uh, and not Silmarillion. I Does assumed mean... when this happened, this got sorted out, but apparently not. Yeah. Does that mean that if they expand on anything mentioned in Lord of the Rings, they have to do their own shit and yes. not follow what's in Yes, the it room? must be legally distinct. The best kind of distinct. Wait, <laughs> so that, we're gonna that's get... That's actually great. We're gonna that's get, actually wonderful. Are we going to get just new law? I think it's going to have yes. to like completely erase... Well, Fuck that, yes! I mean, they, they can have the names and like events that are depicted in the appendices. When we get there, you're going to be like, this is like the shape of it, I guess. Um, but yeah... We're, this will not be a Silmarillion show. It can't be by its very nature. So, huh? What the We're gonna fuck? Get sexy lady Shelob. <laughs> if I only had the right to Lord of the Rings, I would just make a Lord of the Rings. I would just make another Lord of the Rings. You I, could make. I mean, when this a, when the show was envisioned, they wanted it to be the next Game of Thrones. This is before Game of Thrones shot the bed, right? Like this yeah, is the this, thing. Um, but this is why George R. R. Martin gets to write Elden Ring. <laughs> I mean, he wrote that before they even came up with the show. I know. <laughs> You George mean they R. R. passed R. him the, the Mad Libs for the next Souls game, and he wrote <laughs> Tarnished and Earth Tree. George R. R. Scrutable. Did not, did not I'm going to ring. If you, if you pop the humanity, you become scrutable. That's my term. <laughs> I have invented. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Enemy scrutated. <laughs> I I just want to get this out of the, out of the way. George R. R. Martin did not write Elden Ring. That's just a ludicrous thing to say. Uh, my source for this is literally every interview that George R. R. Martin gives for this game where he goes, I'm not, I didn't write the game. Um, I was there do in you, Japan for like a couple of weeks in 2015 and I wrote some notes. And then they made a video game. Do you think that makes Brandon even saltier about it? He's like, I would have been in the studio every day. I would have been helping out. Yes, because he <laughs> thinks that's better. He thinks it's better if a writer offers his services on how to like tune the jump mechanic because he's a gamer and a nerd and he deserves every pain that's coming to it. No, like, George R. R. Martin wrote, like, a wiki, as he loves to do, because he released the, um... He basically did that for Game of Thrones instead of writing a, the next book. He did that, like, Targaryen history chronicles. He did something like that for a world and then disappeared and then they made a game. And I assume that lore got significantly changed in the making of those games because the From games always come in hot. Uh, 
and they always like have a completely different story till six months before release. That just happens in every single one of them. Uh, I bet he like they felt extra free to change that shit because they know he's not gonna see it. They know he doesn't care if they do change it. <laughs> but also, like, I know Miyazaki's given quotes about how like. Dark Souls is inspired by him reading like uh, Western fantasy books and only knowing half the words and not being able to fully right. piece it together. So, like taking a George R. R. Martin like world and then remixing it for the game seems like perfect for their uh, like process, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. well, I just now have to. I just become an annoying pedant. Everyone says, "Oh, George R. R. Martin wrote this Souls game." And I have to be like, "No, he did it. No, he did not do that." <laughs> George R. R. Martin wrote a wiki. And then the writers took all of those pages and put them through a shredder and then took about 40% of that and that's what the plot of Elden Ring is going to be about. <clears throat> I'm so excited. I, I, we, I know this isn't Arcadum, but the Brandon thing's too funny. The Brandon thing is too <laughs> we, funny. We've mentioned to- it too much to not give context on a podcast. Yes, so. there, uh, there was um, on his podcast, which is called... <laughs> Oh, Do I know? don't know. I listened to two episodes and I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't know Brandon had a podcast. Brandon, come on! I'm not happy to talk about Final Fantasy X. He, he he'll do it. No, he, um, no, I don't he, want him on here. Fuck him. He has a podcast with another author. Um, not his writing excuses one. That's like writing advice. This is just a hangout podcast. It's a COVID project. Um, and in the recent episode, he uh, said, "Can I just be salty for a second? And then just started talking about how um, they. Uh, hired George R. R. Martin to do with his work for Elden Ring instead of him, the person who's been playing from games since uh Kingsfield and who's actually a gamer. <laughs> and George R. R. Martin cares more about blogging about NFL than he does playing video games. <laughs> so, Brandon said so sports funny. ball. <laughs> Brandon said sports ball and I'm a gamer and gamer rights. <laughs> Brandon is celebrating Winter Inmus. I <laughs> I think that Brandon Sanderson has low standards, and I think we could get him on Arcanum. I, I believe this in my heart. I'd want to wait until... Not if he hears to... this. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think, generally speaking, if if uh, if I really wanted to, I could. I have like a 50-50 shot of getting Brandon on a podcast. Uh, I think if I dangle, hey, do you want to talk about Final Fantasy X in front of him, it'd be way more likely than any, like, oh, do you want to talk about your books? <laughs> I'm not showing up to that. You have to get someone else. I will get Brandon Sanderson. That's who else I'm I'll getting. Be- <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I'll go, Brandon, I've not read your books, but what do you think about Yuna? <laughs> okay, you get you get Brandon Sanderson and one one of the Arcanum get, like friends to be on this abnormal mapping with you. Who gets the slot? What the fuck? Choose among your friends. <laughs> you think you could do this? Who are you gonna pick, Fro- Sophie? Throwing down the <laughs> throwing down the fucking, you know, broken in half sno- snooker cue like in Dark Knight. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Nora is the best choice because I feel like Mark or I is like 50 50 shot that we say something actually insulting to Brandon's face. <laughs> I mean, I do. I was. The other part is that, like, I feel like it's rude to choose anyone but Nora here. I understand that everyone is a Brando, uh, like, head, but it's not like, you know. A Brando Rando. A Brando Rando. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Brando Rando. That's <laughs> uh, why you, um,. <laughs> All the pages are in randomized order when you <laughs> speed run a Brandon Sanderson <laughs> book. 
<laughs> Any percent Brandon Sanderson <laughs> randomizer run. <laughs> All epilogues. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, they should make a Lord of the Rings Souls game. <laughs> no! <laughs> what if they made a Lord of the Rings Batman game? I would no! argue that they made three Lord of the Rings Souls games. <laughs> I mean that... Oh, right. Shadow Sorry, I forgot they did actually do that. Combos from uh, Batman. I was like, what the fuck? That's not even a possible thing. You can't make a Lord of the Rings two. Batmore game. They made and two. They made two. They made two. <laughs> I asked for one video game and they gave me two. <laughs> An embarrassment of riches. Yeah. <laughs> they should make a Lord of the Rings tactics game on the GBA. Oh, wait, they did. <laughs> they should make a Lord of the Rings game that's just like Final Fantasy X. They should get the they- rights to the book The Hobbit, but not any of the films and make a Hobbit video game. <laughs> I think everyone will be really impressed that we know trivia about bad Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth adjacent games. We're I'm we're just, gamers also. I just yeah. don't know why Amazon wouldn't make a Lord of the Rings show. That's my thing. Uh, I assume it's because like the movies exist, and so like you, like it would be treated as a remake, and that's a different cultural like thing. Yeah. But, like, also, like. <clears throat> One is compared against movies that are very beloved. Also, uh, that doesn't like you make that and everyone knows what it is. So you, uh, what's his face? Well, I can't think of it. Fucking Bezos can't like micromanage that because there's already a mm. book everyone knows the plot to. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The, the part where you know for a fact that Bezos is like actually involved, not just like taking all the money from it, but like he really cares. He wants to make because he's a fucking nerd uh, who accidentally became the richest, most evil person in the world. He should make a Dark Souls. He should. He could. <laughs> He's making the world into Dark Souls. What does that Think mean? Think about it. No, I don't. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you go to Jeff Bezos and he's like, hello there. How Seek, seek blessed. <laughs> seek, seek blessed. <laughs> but, um, seek, seek blessed in the new world. But also, <laughs> if you make a remake of Lord of the Rings or like a TV show version of Lord of the Rings... While Ian McKellen is alive, yeah, you have to answer the question of who are you recasting Gandalf? Yeah, young young Gandalf, just just getting He's like ageless. A... He'd still be old. Oh, it's 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 Timothy Chalamet. Then. <laughs> That's what young I'm saying. Gandalf. I'm saying Twink Gandalf is happening. And no, that it, has to oh. be Sildur. It would be he, no, you have no idea how much like Timothy Chalamet Gandalf would ruin the internet and be extremely popular. It <clears> would no, like th- kill M. No, no, no. It would, kill would come dead. back. I just missing the mark here. It would be Timothy Chalamet Saruman. Oh, you'd have to have just a little bit of like, oh, I might turn evil someday. <laughs> isn't that isn't that exciting? <laughs> well, who's who's the Gandalf to Timothy Chalamet? I mean, P- uh, Peter Parker. No, never, Tom Holland. <laughs> he can't act. He can't act. And like, I've neither can Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. In a movie, I mean. I know his face. I just haven't seen Honest, it. Can we talk about of, the Lord of the Rings chapters? Uh, I just yeah, I got an Andrew Garfield Gandalf, and I wanted to put that out there. No, <laughs> shut up. Okay. Podcast Matt time. Damon. Matt Damon Gandalf. <laughs> I mean, uh, Fassbender Gandalf. Okay, oh. yeah, sure. I hate okay, this. Okay, okay. We have to actually talk about Lord of the Rings. Uh, please tune into VoIP Life with me and Nora later. <laughs> um... We started book four. That's right. Book two. 
There's only oh, book. The there's only three books in Lord of the Rings. We can't do this every fucking time. <laughs> you were just like, oh, we need to get on with talking about it, and now we have to make that joke again. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never not jump in a, a way to make a joke twice. <laughs> this is what happens when the council episode is assembled. 50. <laughs> episode fifty. Episode fifty. This is Ask not episode fifty. You can't. Doing it as many times as possible. <laughs> Ask me what the second most important thing about comedy is. What's the second? No, timing. Up. Punching up. What's the third most important thing about comedy? You love this fucking joke. What? Ask me what the third most. What's important the thing? third most important? Thing? Repetition. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you love this fucking joke. I mean, not you to go watch uh, the uh, Stuart Lee stand-up specials. I feel like you'd have a good time. It's the most British thing you say to everyone who talks about comedy. Yeah, but I think Nora would actually like them. As opposed to you, who doesn't care and has no sense of culture. I have culture. That's why I don't care. The taming of Smeagol. That's right. That's fucking right. Um, the boys are back in town. Well, specifically, they're not in town. They're They're kind of not in town at all, in fact. <laughs> They're having problems navigating some rocks. Oh, right. They like, spend like 10 pages talking about a damn rope. <laughs> yeah, because they're it? fucking stuck on a cliffside and don't know how to get down. This is the it's reason a... everyone talks about rope in RPGs. It's because there's this whole extended scene of them trying to climb down a rock and they can't do it. And then they're, oh, wait, we have rope. Wow, that really saved our asses. It's a shame we have to leave the rope. Oh no, the rope untied itself. We- wow. Should we summarize these chapters? I'm doing it. But okay. Yeah, go ahead. That, that no, is, no, yeah. no, no, no. I don't feel confident in my ability. Em, can you please. summarize the chapters, please? <laughs> all of them? You just like every them. single one? <laughs> they hang out with Smeagol for a bit. What do you fucking want from me? <laughs> okay, so Frodo and Sam, uh, literally like a day after the end of uh, book two, the second part of Fellowship, are just trying to get through the cliffs. Um, they descend with the the rope which you stated um and they realize that Gollum is following them so they're gonna catch him and they do that and it turns out frodo just is like i command you to like show us the way because you know how to do this and sam's like you can't why would he listen to you but he does because frodo's got the fucking ring and sam's like oh well okay i guess (laughs) um and so he leads them through the marshes Oh, that's where they go first, right? And in the yes. marshes are a bunch of goats. This is heavily implied to be where Isildur and like the elves fought Sauron in the Second Age when when I he was defeated it was just and the ring was taken. Outright. Is it stayed out right? Maybe I read this like oh, four days ago. So, um, oh, I just thought it was a battle. No, no, no. This is where the battle was um, um, to be seen and, in Lord uh, of the Rings Second Age. Yes, the, the as the seen in the in seen in the opening of the Fellowship of the Ring, the film by Peter Jackson, um, and there's a bunch of ghost lights and uh, corpses that are not actually corpses floating in the water. Smeagol's like, "Yeah, no, I tried to reach them," and Sam's like, "That's because you want to eat them, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm a little gremlin man who is starving. I don't know what you want from me." Um, Sam got some problems with like accepting Smeagol as like help, which like justified, but also Sam's kind of a dick in these chapters. Um, <laughs> Anyway, they make it to the gates of Mordor. Uh, turns out that's like a huge fortress, like two mountain spires, with a uh, like big iron gate and like patrols. And um, 
Frodo's like, wait, we can't get through here. And Smeagol's like, wait, well, you want to go in there? You just told me to bring you here. I didn't realize you want to go through. That's not happening. If you want to go through, you're going to get caught. But I know another way. And the other way would lead, uh, you know, there's a secret route that no one knows. And it's uh, dangerous and a ways off. But um, I can lead you there. And they're like, uh, that sounds like a trap. And he's like, ah, it's this or get caught. So I don't know. What are you going to do? Um, and they say, okay, take us there. And they go there. Um, somewhere in the middle of, of the night, like Sam hears uh, Gollum arguing with himself that he's going to lead them to her capital H, um, which, uh, you know, people, I don't know. I, I don't know how much to tip my hand on how everyone I think knows what this is, except maybe autumn. Um, I assume it's the big spider, but I don't actually know. Yeah. Um, uh, but that has like been punted down the road, but that's where they're headed. Um, there's like a very steep stair near, uh, Minas Morgul, which is, as you know, the sister to Minas Tirith. Um, on the other, like, on the opposite sides of Osgiliath, which is the city on the river that was destroyed where the Palantir was. Anyway, they head down, and they pass, like, the gates of Mordor, and so now they're in, like, a more, like, lush area where there's actual forests, and um, they're dodging patrols from the south that uh, Sauron has brought in. Um, some more very dubious racial stereotypes happening. Uh, Sam's like, maybe we'll see an Oliphant, and recites a poem about giant beings the size of houses that men from the south rode on in war. Um, and they, uh, are hanging out, uh, trying to cook some stew, some rabbit stew, and they are, uh, found by men, uh, who turn out to be from Gondor. We meet Faramir. We don't know, they don't say anything about Faramir, do they? The thing about Faramir is not in these chapters? I don't think it is. No, they don't. Okay. Um, so I will not talk about that. Um, but they meet a guy named Faramir. He's leader of, like, some rangers from uh, Minas Tirith, uh, much like the rangers that, like, Strider led, but from the south, part of, like, the king's retinue guarding this area, trying to waylay the men. Um, we see this very gruesome scene of his troops have found a squad of the guys from the south and attacked them, and a, like, like, bloody, like, tusks soaked in blood, but also hit with hundreds of arrows, Oilifont comes stomping through the woods, and Sam sees it and is like, that's not what I was expecting this to be like. Um, and uh, they're like, you're going to have to come with us and we'll uh, see where we're going. Maybe we'll help you out. Maybe we won't. We have to know more because you're hanging out with like a weird, creepy guy who kind of seems evil, um, even if you seem nice. And that's where we kind of leave off, right? I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing to mention is the stew. They eat some rabbits. Yeah. Yeah, they potatoes. eat some rabbits and some herbs. There's no potatoes. He, he wishes there's taters. What's taters, precious? Potatoes. Yes. I did not um, realize that was in the book. Yeah, inexplicably, oh, maybe the line I think of from the movie the most. <laughs> Is that inexplicably? <laughs> I mean, it's a, from one, two one of the most famous lines. Yeah. It's just a weird thing to be the thing that po like everyone remembers is him going, potatoes. Yeah, but on the other hand, he does turn to the camera and go, potatoes. So <laughs> yes. of course everyone remembers it. And then he follows it up with boil and mash him, stick him in a stew. Stick him in a stew, yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, yes, yeah, so a lot of travel. Gollum's here. Frodo has dictated they're going to treat him kindly, and he seems to listen, but definitely sus, but also Sam's a huge dick to him. So if Sam was nicer, maybe he wouldn't be so sus. It's I hard mean, to say. Sam doesn't trust him, but he's still being hobbity about it. And he's mm -hmm. still being, like, affable and, like, jovial about the... the I feel like the ways in which Sam treats him, like, extend past suspicion and into actual cruelty. Sam has an unwillingness to, like accept things that is not Frodo's. But Frodo mm -hmm. also is now like starting to exhibit like 
the idea that he can like have mastery over things, which is not a good thing to have when you're carrying the one ring. Yeah. The- Frodo like left for 10 chapters and kind of like came back as like a, I don't know. He like, sling. he's like, yes, there's, there's definitely like something other about him now. There's a, there's a way that like, Aragorn and Gandalf and Galadriel are like mysterious and have an aura about them in these mm-hmm. books that like Frodo just is suddenly possessed of in these chapters that I find really interesting, you know? Yeah. Almost like as soon as he has removed himself from the ability to rely on other people's leadership and has to take that on himself, he starts to like draw upon that, uh, that strength. And... But also he's carrying the one ring. So like, yeah. 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 <laughs> There's yeah, to, no to, to have those, to have that strength increases its power, right? That's why, like Gandalf, like Gandalf's like, if you give it to me, even with the best of intentions, I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it feeds off those things. There was no opportunity for this potential facet of Frodo to occur, so long as there were all the tall people around making decisions. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, now he's sort of thrust out on his own and has to figure out has to be the leader because Sam's not like. Yes. Way here. Oh, but to, um, to, th- to circle back just a tiny bit, because I don't have a ton to add about it. I did th- uh, uh, Sam and, and Gollum talking about um, what to make for dinner was my favorite part of these four chapters. There's nothing to say about it. I just really liked hearing about the food and stuff. It was just cute. Well, the thing, anyway. the thing I like is that in many ways, the book posits Sam and Gollum as both characters like trapped in ways of thinking as like mm-hmm. a character flaw for both of them. And like Gollum's is like through trauma and long experience and like, you know, it, he is a pitiable guy, even if he's like dubious about his like goodness. Might, he might be evil, you know, but you can I feel bad for him. And the book makes a point to be like, Gandalf was like, he said, if you met Gollum, you might feel sorry for him. And Frodo's like, I see him and I feel sorry for him. I get him now. Um, Frodo doesn't have that, but that flexibility is like also a weakness in this one way where like Frodo is able to ascend to aspiration and be put in peril because of it. This mm. is, these, these chapters are really fraught. Uh, they're dealing with a lot of interesting stuff, but like functionally, they're about like Frodo and Sam and specifically Frodo learning to navigate what it means to like have a slave. In fairly <laughs> explicit terms, mm-hmm. uh, with the way that like it's like it's called the taming of Smeagol, right? Like it, it rides the line. Yeah. Like, oh, he's like an animal, but like it's 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 weird. It's interesting in that I know I, I understand this to be a bad thing. It is like uh, it it brings in Smeagol slash Gollum into the di- this dynamic to put Frodo in a situation where he has to be like not authoritarian, but like literally like like a master like an actual master over someone else's entire being in order to get yeah. ahead like it narratively forces him into that position in order to like explore that uh, as like the vector for how the ring gains further power uh, but the other is- the other uh, the other thing about that is the only way he's capable of doing that is he understands what it means to be under the ring's influence right yes. like they have, they have, he is sympathetic to him because he understands the thing that holds Smeagol in his thrall because he's also in the thing's thrall like increasingly mm-hmm. over time. Um, well, and that's, so it like, ends up being like, it ends up being done out of like a weird sort of like, I need him utility, like as a utility right now to get us through this. But also he feels bad for him because he's, he sees himself in him, right? Like he's like, this is yeah. where it leads. If I keep, if I hold on to this thing, but it's also a situation where like Sam's response is just like 
to to go to like explicit violence like just fuck this guy this guy sucks shouldn't let him come with him if we have to we should kill him uh like violence in a very obvious way right like uh-huh. this is a threat yeah he wants to drive him off yes right whereas the thing frodo says to do is to control him right like to do the thing that the ring does is we have to yes. use this this person uh mm-hmm. who is through the smeagol like explicitly shown to be a real person with like a will that has been corrupted but nonetheless like full person uh and the like frodo's the one who understands how to like actually like you know dominate that um yeah and i think it's mostly good in the books but it's like it's, it's going for some stuff it's real uh this is way more fraught. like i was expecting the orc stuff to be way messier and it is but in a more like simple way right yeah um this is uh just very uh well and this is the only way that we're led into frodo's perspective in these chapters really like a lot of it is like all from the sam point of view because Fro- <clears throat> as we talked about in fellowship bunch like frodo's going through stuff that you can't totally like know what's going on with him but the one way that we get to see like through frodo's eyes is him thinking like oh he's so pitiable and like remembering what gandalf said and like yeah you know, i guess we'll just subjugate him instead of killing him <laughs> um, what else were they gonna do run straight at the door seemingly <laughs> Turning to Peter Jackson, what else would they do? Run straight at the door? <laughs> Wait, what? Um, that's not the that's not the same thing. There's a that part in the movie where they run out at the door and then Smeagol stops them. Oh, um, I guess they do. Oh, right, I forgot all about that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what's actually. up with that in six months or whatever? Yes. Yeah. The the um the funny thing about that um is. Like so for so many, for so much of these chapters, Frodo feels like he's changed by the breaking of the Fellowship. Like immediately, mm-hmm. like once you took everyone else away, he's like changed in some way. But as soon mm-hmm. as they see the Black Gate, Frodo's like, "Oh no, I'm just going to be self-sacrificing. No, 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 you all could just stay here. I'll go to Mount Doom by myself. Don't worry about it." That's that's like who Frodo was at the very beginning, you know? Yes. Um, well, he's also he is very still he's, Frodo. He's been very clear whenever Sam talks about it that he is expecting them to get there, maybe throw the ring into the volcano, and then they're both going to die. Sam's like, well, we're not going to have food. He's like, we're going to need, when we're done, we won't need food. We'll be dead. Um, and Sam just has to accept that. Uh, because in his own way, like Sam is also under Frodo's thrall. And it's like through his own volition, but that doesn't make it any less like he is a tool that Frodo uses. Um, but it's not like the text in the same way. <laughs> I would be remiss not to talk about how, like, how fucking gay Sam is in that moment, kind of. <laughs> oh, there's there's oh, a right. one passage in this that's so good where he just talks. <laughs> he it's like Frodo sleeping, right? He's like he sees yeah. Frodo sleeping and is like, uh, let's see if I can find it because uh, I I took a screenshot when I got there. I was like, damn, it this is, is good. fucking gay. It's on. It's gay I, in the movies. It's it's, it's uh, way gay in the movies. Like I know people will joke about the movies, but this is on another level. This is like I love him. He's the powers. wisest man. He's you know, except for maybe Gandalf or Aragorn. You know, like I just I just think the world of him. You know, but it's also like it's just like his face was the most beautiful and had like the aging and the ring had revealed lines that were always there or something, something like that. Just like a very perceptive look on Frodo's face that Sam thinks is the most beautiful creation on earth. And I'm like, here we Sam. go, here we go, here we go. I've got it. Um, 
Then as he had kept watch, Sam had noticed that at times a light seemed to be shining faintly within, but now the light was even clearer and stronger. Frodo's face was peaceful, the marks of fear and care had left it, but it looked old, old and beautiful as if the chiseling of the shaping of years now revealed many fine lines that had be before been hidden, though the identity of the face was not changed. Not that Sam Gamgee put it that way to himself, he shook his head as if finding words useless and murmured, I love him, he's like that and sometimes it shines through somehow, but I love him whether or no. That's just Damn. gay. <laughs> that is gay. <laughs> that is so fucking gay. <laughs> it's good. It's it's uh, the most romantic thing ever said about another person. <laughs> it's like it's genuinely like not even like oh it's like oh, yeah. overtones like it's just genuinely like incredibly romantic as a, as a like a whole passage. Yes, uh, John, that's gay as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> there was, um, uh, interesting that they described the, uh, the ringwraith mounts as carrion birds or like carrion yes. birds. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd never considered them bird-like because I had movie brain. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I they're mean, the thing is, they're not. In the movies, they're right? not the yeah, other. It's dragonish without evoke. Well, like the thing they want to do is evoke them as like, like they're like dragons have a nobility, right? Like yeah. smog's yeah. like a villain, but there's something cool about smog. There's nothing cool about these. Are like awful beasts that feed on like the, the dead things and are themselves like leashed to the ring race, which are like dead beings, right? There's something uh, like foul about them. Sort of like the seven Akbaba from Del Toro Quest, if you... Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, sort of like the pee-pee-poo-pee -pee from the fingers on. What are you going on about? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Del Toro um, Quest the... is an Australian children's fantasy series. Yeah, no wonder no one's heard of this. No, um, I've heard of the this. Other... I read the first couple. It was very popular okay. at Scholastic Book Fairs. Yeah. Uh, the, okay. The... The other thing that uh, happens in this book, kind of, I think it's like chapter two or three, is they mention that this stuff is happening while Gandalf is uh, striving with Saruman at uh, at Isengard. So oh, right. this yeah. is already happening like past where book three is. So it feels different one... because... Sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, like, you know, the first thing they do is walk a long way, and then all this happens. Yes, and get stuck for a couple days, and then wander in some marshes for three days, as, like, you know, Gandalf and, or sorry, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli are running around trying to find people, and war is happening. They're just kind of wandering through, like, some wastes. Yes. Yeah, anyway, it's a big you difference. It's like, time flies when you're chasing orcs. Yeah. That's, uh, the, that's the other thing, is it... Uh, it put into perspective, like, oh, right, all of book three is, like, three weeks? No, it's something far like less that? than that. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, it's, like, it's, like, nine days or something. Because there's, like, the run, and then they wait, and then they, like, go to... I bet I can find this out. I'll look. You keep talking. Don't worry about this. <laughs> you could probably give it, oh, September 12th through... Yeah. Yeah, because, like, the, also the, they take, like, five days to find Gandalf the White, I think it is, around that. Um, from the end of uh, book one, I think something like that. Yeah. Okay, and so it's on only the first day, man was granted a soul and with it clarity. <laughs> <laughs> you write you you writing this down, George? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, if we're just vamping, also there's the two towers. They talk about the two towers. It's, they white, did. it's called the two towers: the white tower and the black tower. Yeah, it makes way thought- more sense here. <laughs> I was always confused by the movies, and this is just because I was a child. Uh, I was like, "What? Like the the two the two towers? What are the two specific towers? They t- like I assumed it meant the tower with the the eye and the Isengard tower." Yeah, yeah I think, but the but that's weird and complicated by the fact that if I remember right, the last shot of the movie is just framing Baradur and Mount Doom on opposite sides of the screen, like zoomed out. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that's not accurate. Towers, but <laughs> that's yes, the mountain's that's why, not a tower. That's why I, you see I had it, I always that. not knowing anything about Lord of the Rings. I had always assumed that the two towers were like Saruman's and Sauron's. Yes, because it does because they're more the structure of the the movie version of the story has these two stories in mixed like intermingled. Right. So you're dealing with Saruman and sneaking into Mordor to, at the same time, mm-hmm. both of which involve towers, and I understand yeah. that. But the actual two towers are Minas Tirith and Minas Morgul? Uh, like, like the, the two towers that the title of this book Minas refers Tirith to. Minas Tirith and Baradur, right? Oh, I, yeah. I get, that's where the eye is. Wait, wait, wait no, what's, what's the question the here? The, we're talking about what are the two towers? Oh, I think canonically the two towers are meant to be Orth- like uh, Orthanc and Minas Morgul. Uh, okay, it's, I guess it's pretty clear when you like look at the book cover. Well, no, the the book cover. Well, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't actually remember. Our book cover has a black tower and a white <laughs> this, tower. This one, this one, one this tower one, is one. pointy, <laughs> and one tower has three points. <laughs> I heard. Let me let me see the. Let me look at that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be Minas Morgul because it's Tower of the Moon. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the moon, that, that stuff all like, when yes. I read these chapters, we're like, oh, oh, I, so, I see, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. In a way that, like, this is the cultural understanding never, never brought through. Also, that's, that's you know, that's where the Frodo stuff's going. They're going to Minas Morgul, so yeah, we'll get there. Minas Morgul. Okay. So there's Minas Morgul, then there's Kirith Ungol. Which one's Minas Morgul? I think I'm Okay, so, that. so, um, God. I think I've let mixed me find... up which name is which. It's a... No, no, no. Let me, let me get you a map, because it's easy if you just look at it, but it's really hard to explain. Um, yeah, well, they, fair. They, they mentioned they were, they were both, like... Just a second. I will get a map. Well, in these, mm-hmm. Okay, but in these chapters, they mention that Minas Morgul was originally uh, Minas... Minas Ithil, Tower Minas of the Ithil, Moon. Ta- yes, because it's a, like a gondola. Oh, damn it. You need to open original on that. Sorry, it's transparent, because yeah. <laughs> it's a weird... Uh... <laughs> So, Why so you see, you, you see, um, in kind of the middle right, there's Osgiliath on the river, which is the big city that's all fallen. That's where the war is happening. That's where the Palantir were and were lost. And Minas Tirith on the left side, and Minas okay. Morgul's on the right. And this is like these were Gondor's like vanguard, like, like the Gondorians lived in Osgiliath, and that was like the big thing. And then it fell, and so they fell back to Minas Tirith, and Minas Morgul got taken over. That, um. Okay. And you see, like, Barad-dur is, like, way inside of Mordor. Um, so, what is Kirith Ungol? Kirith Ungol, if I remember correctly off the top of my head, is where... That's in the, um... What are they called? Mirkwood Forest in The Hobbit. That's where the Necromancer was. Okay. And, and... Uh, actually, let me let me double-check that just so I'm not wrong about this. You found oh, no, no, no. a metal sorry, band. Sorry. Kirith, Kirith, <laughs> Ungol, Kirith Ungol is the stairs 
that are near Minas Morgul that they that oh, the that's pass. where Gollum's taking them. It is a pass. It is not a like okay. object. An ornate stairwell, you might. <laughs> no, it, it's like a shitty stairwell. Oh, okay. There's also a. Band it's like the world's stairwell. least ornate stairwell. Okay. The, um, this map is really. It, oh, you, you finish it. I'm gonna pivot. Um, I think I have everything put together. I'm now just looking at like where Isengard is because I'm just kind of curious. Um, is <laughs> yes. Osgiliath? Is Osgiliath where like the the two big statues? Um, no. Okay. No. That's the two big statues would be like oh, above yeah, the river okay. where the map, like, it's north of where the river ends going north off the map. The two big statues yeah, are when they're going to um, the elves, right? No, that's le- that's like right before the end of Fellowship. End of Fellowship yes. happens oh, yes. maybe where the S-curve is because yes. then the hobbits end up on Eminwil and the, uh, the you know, the hunters end up on the other side running towards Isengard. Right. Yeah. Had, I understand everything now. If okay. If you had yeah. seen, like, the movie, I would say Osgiliath is the place with the water where they only ever shoot it at night. Okay. But that is know. true. <laughs> That is true. Um, I found a, I found your dates, by the way. Um, the breaking of the fellowship happens in February 26th of the year 3019. Um, and then uh, Theoden meets uh, and Gandalf meet with Saruman on March 5th. So it is, what is that, nine days between? Nine days. Yeah. Oof. For book one. It's not a leap year, is it? <laughs> um. That, actually, because it's Middle Earth, there's like 30 days in February. It's complicated. Oh, <laughs> of course there is. Why would that be? Thank you, Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, if, um, uh, looking at this, this map has made things very much way clearer about like the relationship between uh, the two the two groups that we're following. I never understood yeah. how close. Um, Ministerth and Minas Morgul. Well, they're just like in different. They may as well be in loaded into separate maps in my brain of how I think about they, geography so of Middle the way, Earth. The way they describe it is on a clear day, you can see one from the other. Yes. Um, so yes. they're like they're like maybe like 50, 60 miles between each other. But it's when like, I think um, about like the movies, I'm like, oh, when they're in Mordor and all that, it's all dark and you know whatever. Yes. Um, and then Ministerth than the other place, which I know I know intellectually has to be near because it's like the front line of defense. Yeah, uh, but I doesn't get that across in the the same way. Yeah, yeah, they never frame it so that both of them are in view in the movie because they they specifically show Minas Tirith from the other well, you, so, like looking. You at see, it from- you see a lot of Minas Tirith shots like looking on Mordor, but it's just a wall of mountains because it's a fucking wall of mountains. <laughs> yeah, and Minas Morgul's um, in those mountains, right? This is like Metropolis and Gotham on other sides of the bay. <laughs> yeah, except like Minas Morgul is nestled in a mountain pass, like in between a mountain, this mountain ridge, whereas Minas Tirith is like on the spire at the end of a mountain ridge, right? Like it's yeah. like jutting out, like facing towards Mordor. Lots um, of walls on that one. Big city. Yeah, real big. It's not really. A, I mean, Minas Tirith is more like a fort than a city. But but, but yeah, as you can see, Frodo yeah, and Sam go very city. little. They go very few miles compared to uh, Aragorn and Gimli and Legos, yeah. which just go fucking <laughs> everywhere. They're, they've got some fucking horses. Shadowfax will go. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they run from, like, say, that S-curve all the way to Fangorn in three days. Um, and then they ride down to Edoras. And then they ride to Helm's Deep. And they ride to Isengard. And then they ride back. <laughs> they, they go so far in such a short amount of time. They do have longer yeah. legs. Well, Gimli oh, you know doesn't. Not true. really. No yeah, Gimli. I guess that's true. 
Gimli's just speedy. He's scurrying. Yeah, yeah. Gimli's trucking. He's a stout motherfucker. <laughs> I can't, I kind of miss Gimli. I was. But yeah. You were gonna say something? No, I was just saying I was okay. reading these chapters like man. Um, I miss Gimli. So part of so part the thing that's not I wish was on this is the gate into Mortar that they stand on is like right in that corner where like the north wall and the east wall of Mortar meet. Right? Oh, I see the dead marshes. Oh, the yeah, dead okay. marshes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and Gollum says there, like, we could go east, um, but it would lead, it goes like a hundred miles in that direction. It leads into desert where no one goes, right? Like it's, that it falls off of the, this is fake Europe map into like, this is fake, like Middle East map. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go south and they're in North Athelion, which is right there, which is where they see like, you know, the trees are lusher and it's like, I always think of it as like, like Grecian olive groves and stuff. Cause it leads down to the sea. If you see, like, if you follow the river down where it goes to Anduin, that's the, that's the ocean down there. It's just not colored in on this map. Okay. Um, yeah. Mordor is very conveniently covered on three sides by mountains. Yeah. <laughs> um, it sure is. What's up with this Faramir guy? He's kind of a dick. I think he's. I mean, he sees some weird guys in the like in an area they're patrolling because it's full of enemies, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I just am very protective of my children. I'm like, why are you being so mean to Frodo? Leave him alone. I even though I can't answer this because I've read these books, unfortunately. So (laughs) he's not even mean. He's like, who are you? What are you doing here? We're on like patrol with our guns, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, he has every reason to act the way that he does. I was just like, oh, leave Frodo alone. It's funny because <laughs> I mean, this is like movie stuff, but one of the big contentions when Two Towers came out among the Tolkien fans was Faramir is depicted as much more aggressive towards the Hobbits, and I was like, Faramir's not a mean guy. Why are they? Why are they made? Why they've made him so mean? <laughs> um, which yeah. is very funny getting here, and you're like, he's mean to the Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to watch that movie with you in two years. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. We're we're fully out of like anything I know even a anything about at all. So yeah, I've never heard of this guy. I mean, I guess I knew he was Boromir's brother, but oh, okay, that's the thing I wasn't saying. So yes, that that'll be revealed well, shortly. I, I don't yes. even know if I knew he was Boromir's brother. They're just their names sound the same, and I know how <laughs> fantasy books work. Fair enough. I thought, Frodo, son of Drogo. I thought that Boromir mentioned I have a brother Faramir at some point, but maybe if he maybe he didn't. I don't know. Whatever. It was really weird. I don't think Frodo's he. I don't think he's mentioned Faramir by name. <laughs> I talked over you with a dumb joke. <laughs> maybe maybe he didn't. I just their names sounded the same, so I assumed they were related. Okay. <laughs> Shaking my head. <laughs> No, that is a fair enough assumption in fucking Middle Earth. Come on now. <laughs> Bilbo and Frodo's names sound the same, so they're related. Gimli Gloin, and Gloin. Son of Yeah. Like yeah, Gloin, Son of Oin. Yeah. There you go. What's, what's fucking, um... What's the guy on The Hobbit, that dwarf? Uh, the, the, the main one. Thorin? Thorin, Thorin son of... Boren, son of... Are you thinking of Aragorn, son of Arathorn? That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Their names sound the same. It's, they're related. Oh, you, the fucking, you get to, like, the old stuff, and it's like, um... Thorin is the son of Thrain. Yeah. Uh, 
older brother of Freren and Dees, which don't sound anything like Thorin. Oh, what was that last one? You got me there. You got me there. <laughs> what was that last one? Dees, D-I-S, but the I has like an accent. <laughs> God damn it. I saw the Do we have anything else? Eyes. You get Elendil into Isildur into um, Elendor into, uh, you know, it's all going on. They all sound the yeah. same. Do we have anything else? Uh, no. no, no, we're done. Okay. <laughs> this is like, we're going to read, like, we're gonna read three chapters next time. It's nice and easy. Okay. That's right. What are the names of the chapters, just so I make sure I have it right? Uh, let me open my copy of the two towers, which is sitting right in front of me. Um, Sweet. Uh, window on the west. Forbidden pool. The Forbidden Pool and Journey to the Crossroads. What M said. <laughs> you're gonna go to a crossroads. You're gonna summon Mephisto. No, I'm no. not gonna do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find the podcast I do at normapping.com. <laughs> Where are you With, on Twitter? Um, Headfuls off at twitter.com. There you go. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being and support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash normal mapping. One dollar gets you Gundam. We're taking a week off this week, but um, you should you should listen. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. Uh, all the other podcasts are at exportodd.io. And Nora, you want to do all the Patreon plugs and whatnot, or do you want me to do it? It doesn't matter. You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. Find stuff I do at norablake.online. On the Patreon, patreon.com slash export audio, you get a whole bunch of stuff. You'll get this podcast a week early. You'll get Funko Town, Pop Town Funk. Pop Town Funk. For $5, we roll a random Funko Pop, watch a movie about it. Uh, we're going to be reading some Ugh. Overwatch comics. Ugh. It'll be fine. Ugh. Comics take like five minutes to read. I just don't want to do it. What if they're good? It's That's an anthology. It's an anthology, so some of them got to be good. That's not true. All an anthology means is that some of them will be bad. It doesn't mean that some of them will be good. Comparative. If you're grading on a curve. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, anyway. Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn. Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn.